There are people here, God is here with us, and he's speaking through each one of us. And sometimes you're afraid to say it, but I just sense so heavily. It's like I'm worshiping and listening, and God is saying, I am here, and I want to speak forth. So He, the Holy Spirit wants to encourage each of you to stand up and share what God is on your heart for all of us and for him. Amen. Amen. I know some of you have already, oh boy, Ah, you can cut that light, that light's not, (laughs) unless you guys want it on, Um, huh, you want to see me, huh, okay, Uh, Drew and I kind of wanted to share again the vision that we had for the gathering where we've started where we are where we might be going <laughs> wherever the lord takes us but this wasn't always on my mind in fact it was probably the farthest thing from my mind to be wanting to i didn't want to start a church and i still don't want to start a church And I think that's why we were specific in making sure that the gathering wasn't the gathering church. Because the gathering is just the saints coming together, going after him. And we never wanted to conform to how we have done church for so long. I just want to do it his way. And so when you come here, you may never hear anybody speak. It just may all be worship. And I'm okay with that. And I hope you guys are okay with that. You may get a series message from Drew. <laughs> Probably won't get it from me, but you may. You may just get one message, but not a series. But, um, And we're going to have other people that are going to have a word that, you know, we're going to share. This is just, it's going to be a gathering to edify the body and to give him glory. And with that, I wanted to read a couple. These two chapters have been on my heart this week, and I really think that it kind of encompasses where we want to go and what we want to do. And it's John 17, imagine that. Um, I think I've read this thing 50 times this year. And I'm going to read it 51 here. This is what Jesus prayed. And this is out of the uh, Passion Translation. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth 
by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my Father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Father, I have manifested who you are and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last, they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave to me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words, and they carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence, and that they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, for those you have given me. For all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return to you but my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one that you have given me and watch over them as they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I have kept them safe by your name that you have given me. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost. So that the scriptures could be fulfilled. But now I'm returning to you, Father. I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their allegiance is no longer to this world, because I'm not of this world. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I am asking that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. I've commissioned them to represent me, just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God, and be made holy by your truth. And as I ask, not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message, I pray for them to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them, so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity, and the world will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow 
everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory and very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you. In the perfect way that I know you and all those that believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me, for your love will now live in them, even as I live in them. That sums up what I want for us. I just, I want that for us. And that's my goal, and that's where I'm going to run. That's the course that the Lord's put before me. That's a message that the Lord has given me to carry, that I'm just, in all aspects of my life, here, wherever I go, it's going to be oneness. It's, that's what we're going to go for. And then I want to read what I really think that... Uh, it's Ephesians 4. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank given to you in your divine calling, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrating gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body, one spirit, as you were all called to the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all works through us all, and lives in us all. And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says he's ascended into the heavenly heights, taking his many many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lowest part of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. He has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge the bot and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what is meant to know the Son of God, and finally we become one into a perfect man with the full dimension of spiritual maturity and full development into the abundance of Christ. 
And then our immaturity will end, and we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say... You should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Their, corrupt, their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsessions. But this is not the way of the life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sin and deceitful desires that sprang from delusion. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as new life and life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. So disregard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth, for we all belong to one another. But don't let the passions of your emotion lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fueled for revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser the devil an opportunity to manipulate you. If any one of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious, earn an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults, but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. And I just think that if we can model that as a group and walk in that, that's my heart's desire for all of us. And that's where I hope that we, you know, as Sarah said, we started in the, the living room based on, a, and I'll let Drew share more of this, you know, this 
today being in this building is almost a two-year anniversary of a word, not, not a word, but a unction, should we say, um, that uh, we felt from the Lord. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad everybody's here. I'm going to let Drew finish up and close out. put my notes down so I can so I can see but but yeah I just want to give you a little bit of history um, to how we got to this place and then like Gary was saying how we got here where we see ourselves going um, it, it has been two years it's it's been two years September <laughs> which it is September so it's been two years since the Lord placed on multiple hearts here to start this <laughs> And like Gary was saying, this was not on my radar either. It was the farthest thing from my my thoughts. My my, uh, I just was not thinking this. This, <laughs> you know. Sarah and I have gone to Rivers Edge Fellowship since 1979, so it's been many many years. And for him to say stop that and do something different, it it was a it was a hard yes. You know, starting this, starting the gathering was not on my radar, but being obedient to Jesus always is. You know, no matter how easy or how hard it is, being obedient to him is is my heart's desire. And so when he said that, I was like, okay, Sarah, we need to start praying. And, and this was September, and the Lord said, you know, transition, transition. Because I was a leader at somewhere else, you know, so I had to transition out of that and transition into this. And six months into it, um, so this would have been the fall, or no, the spring of 2020. We went on a cruise with these guys, and we started talking, like, hey, this is what the Lord's putting on my heart. This is what the Lord's putting on their heart. Oh, my, what is the Lord doing? So we start praying together. We start gathering together. And... So that was March of last year. January of this year, we got together in Gary's living room and said, Lord, when and where? He immediately answered, here and now. And that's when we started meeting in their living room on Sunday nights, just simply going after the Lord's heart. That's all we want is just to go after his heart. Go after him. You know, I, if, if this place becomes famous for anything, I pray and I hope that it's not because of the worship team as much as I love them. And I pray and I hope that it's not because of the speakers, but it's because it's a place where Jesus wants to show up and a place that he's known for showing up at. You know, if, if we can be famous for anything, I want to be famous for that, a place where Jesus shows up at. So as we start talking and 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 meeting together and praying together I'm, I'm like Lord what are you doing <laughs> you know I was, I was sharing with somebody in the back tonight and I was sharing with some people this week I was on vacation I was talking to, with some people and they said I like what you guys are doing I said I feel like I have no clue what I'm doing no clue but I'm thankful for that. 
because it makes me grab onto the one who does, you know. And and I'm just honored. I'm blessed to be running with Gary. You know, we've known each other well for a few years now, four years maybe. Um, I'm just blessed. I'm thankful for you guys, your family, amazing family that just just want to go after the Lord. And, and <laughs> like, who better to go after the Lord with, you know? So I'm, I'm thankful for you guys. Um, so tonight kind of feels like a relaunch to me, actually. Um, I, I mean, we, we started in February, but tonight seems kind of, to me at least, it just feels like a relaunch because, you know, we're advertising it. We're in a building. Again, just so thankful for family life and, and them opening the doors to us and, and everything they're doing. I mean, we talked about it. We felt like you guys just rolled out the red carpet for us. Like you just, like, here, what do you need? What do you want? What can we do? I'm like, oh, my goodness, you guys are amazing, just blowing our minds. But I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do here. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in individual lives. Hey, buddy, you going to come up here and preach with me? But our main goal and our main desire is, is a place for him, a place for Jesus to come and rest. I've been reading about Jesus and resting lately, and we think about rest. I just went on vacation, and I was like, man, I just want to rest. We think about rest. It's like just taking some time off, relaxing, you know, not not worrying about doing, but just relaxing. But whenever Jesus told his disciples to come away with me and rest— they were about to do something. <laughs> it wasn't what we think of as rest. But in the end, they were so filled with rest, you know, because they joined him in what he was doing. So my heart that, that Jesus would just come and rest in this place. Because I want, I want him to desire to come. But I know that when he comes and rests, things will happen. Miracles will happen. I don't want to sit here and be a church that goes after miracles, but, but going after Jesus, if he's here, miracles are just going to happen. So to go after him, I know, is our heart's desire. It's just to have him show up during worship. I was, I was worshiping, and if you'd have seen my face, like every once in a while, I'd just have this huge smile on my face. Because I knew he was here. I thought about turning around and saying to Gary, goal achieved. Jesus was here today. Jesus, I thank you for coming. It's been, it's been prophesied over the gathering also that, that this is going to be a place of healing. And I don't think that just means physical healing. It's going to be physical healings. But I believe it's going to be emotional healings. I believe it's going to be spiritual healings and physical healings. Like I said, when the Lord shows up, things just happen. 
Things just happen. I had a dream this week, too. I haven't even shared this with Gary. I had a dream. I was sitting across from Gary. I don't even know where we were. But I was sitting across from Gary, and, and if you know Gary, he, he cries a lot. <laughs> but he was trying to get some words out, and it was hard for him to get out, and he looks at me. He says, I feel like we're both errands. That's all he said. I feel like we're both errands. I woke up and I started thinking about that. And I'm like, that is so true. Because we're not like fighting over who's the head of the church. That's Jesus. But when we recognize, whether it's each other or one of you guys, that the Lord is speaking, we're going to get behind you and support you. We're going to get behind each other and support each other. So yes, we both are errands. I just, I haven't shared that with you yet, but I was like, wow, that was a cool dream. So where do I see us going? I've already shared a place that Jesus cannot wait to show up. A place where we go after his heart. A place that we love him well. I want that on my tombstone. (laughs) I want to be known as somebody that just loves Jesus. If I'm ever famous for anything, I want it to be for loving Jesus. That's it. That's simply it. In Exodus 33, I was reading this while I was on vacation, and it just, like, got me. Like, so much in this, there's so much in this chapter in Exodus 33. But one of the things was Moses would put a tent outside where everybody was camping, and he called it a tent of meeting. And he would get up, and he would go to that tent, and he would go in, and a pillar, I would call it a glory cloud, just came in the entrance, and he would meet with the Lord face to face. And then, thanks to Gail, I don't think she walked out, but this morning I looked up Numbers 12, 16 to 17, and Moses brought 70 elders into the tent. And they met with the Lord face to face. If I had time and you guys wouldn't think I was extremely nuts, I would tell you about some crazy experiences that I've had with the Lord. And I can't explain them. I can't understand them. I can't, I don't know what the Lord does sometimes. I don't know why he does what he does. But I know when he comes, when we go into a room and he walks into a room and he comes, Something happens. Something in me changes. And my heart for the gathering is to have a place where people come. The Bible says where two or three are gathered. In his name, there he is also. So think about this, a place where we just come and we gather 
And Jesus walks into the room because he wants to meet with us. Mere men, but he wants to meet with us. Think of what that could do in each one of your lives. Jesus walks in and meets with you, with you, with you, with you. Think about what that could do in this body right here. Think about what that can do in Elburn. Think about what that can do in Illinois, America, oh. Afghanistan, anywhere in the world, the entire world. A bunch of individuals hungry going after the heart of God. Him showing up and meeting with us because he wants to. And how that's going to change our lives. And that's what we are going to hunger for and thirst for. Where we wake up each day and every day and we, and we just want to go after him. Man, I was not supposed to preach tonight. I was just supposed to <laughs> share a vision. But I guess that is my vision at the same time. Just to, just to be a place, a hungry people that simply go after him. Lord, I just pray right now that we are a people. Lord, that we cannot wait to meet with you. Lord, not just Saturday nights, Sunday mornings, midweek, but Lord, we wake up and we're hungry for you. Lord, we wake up and we run to you. Lord, that we cannot wait to get to your feet. We cannot wait to touch your heart. We cannot wait to see what's on your mind for the day. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray that you come and you meet with us here on Saturday nights, but also every day of our lives. Lord, I thank you and I bless you in Jesus' name. Gary just walked out. Um, one thing we wanted to do tonight is open it up for communion. This this is always a, a sacred thing. A a um, it's just sacred, you know. So, however you want to do it, you know. Here, I'll do that, and you do this. <laughs> 
we're winging it here. <laughs> it's a sacred thing. So we invite you to take it. But if, if you're not walking with the Lord, I, I, I encourage you not to take it. <laughs> I actually encourage you not to take it if you're not in a right place with the Lord. Because the Bible talks about judgment. In 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about judgment while taking communion. So I don't want to ever encourage anybody to take it that, that you're not in the right place. But if you are in the right place, this is just such a sacred thing with the Lord. It's not just a, a cracker and juice. It's his blood and his body. amazes me that Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks knowing fully that the broken bread represented his broken body and yet he gave thanks he gave thanks because he could not wait to be in such an intimate relationship with each one of us. So he gave thanks. He gave thanks because he could not wait for us to live with him in paradise. So he gave thanks. gave thanks because he came <laughs> searching for a bride. And the only way he can get that is to have somebody that's equally yoked to him. The only way to do that is for him to go to the cross. So he gave thanks. gave thanks to be in relationship with you and with me. So he gave thanks. So Father, I thank you for sending your son. I thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life on that cross. I thank you that just as Gary read, we are now one with you, just as you are with the Father. You have washed us white as snow. So, Lord, I give thanks in Jesus' name. Lord, I give thanks 
for your blood. Lord, you did not spare one drop. Lord, I pray that neither do we. That we take every drop of your blood. Jesus. Lord, I give thanks. You got anything else, bro? Gary? Does that mean you're good? You're good? Okay. Next week, we will not be meeting here. Um, so one Saturday night every month, we're going to be traveling with Holy Spirit Night. So Holy Spirit Night next week is at River's Edge Fellowship. Frank and Diane, raise your hands. Um, 71 Boulder Hill Pass next to Dollar General in Montgomery, sorry, in Montgomery. Um, if you need directions, you can see myself, Sarah, Frank, and Diane. Um, a few of us know the places, uh, Google Maps. <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll, we'll be there next week, and then the following week, we will be back here. So just keep that in mind. Anything else? I'm